I love that Buck Swope. Buck Swope's an interesting cat. This is as creepy a guy as you'll ever encounter. That's right, Buck Swope. Buck Swope, who Doug really is not comfortable yeah. with Buck Swope. Kind of a shutter spook. Swope's one of the best in the business, for my money. Buck Swope? Buck Swope asked Doug his preference on shrubs. Ah. <laughs> I may sue Buck Swope. Buck Swope is struck. I'm pretty high on Swope. If we need an old audio clip, Swope's going to have it. Why? I don't know. I just know he does. The wonderful Buck Swope. You know Buck Swope? Well, yeah. Seem to have kind of an issue with Buck Swope. Right. It always goes back to Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Mr. Buck T. Swope. What's up, kids? You're listening to Swope's Picks, episode 13. There is no secret plan. Later on, we'll be joined by Tim McKernan. But right now, let's flash back to January 2012. Oh, get on with it, muff. Get on with it, muff. Oh, get on with it, muff. Kevin, I know job one for you guys is, is finding the new leadership, but to me, the backdrop through it all, there's so many people that are concerned that the Rams are going to up and move to the West Coast, and that really hasn't been addressed. Can you say anything to your fan base to to let them know that, that the Rams have no plans on, on going elsewhere? Well, our entire focus is on building a winner here in Fort St. Louis. And I know there was a lot of speculation that how we handled this decision might show an indication of our passion for St. Louis, which I really never understood the connection. Yesterday, you know, Monday was about our passion for, for winning and for providing our fans a great product. Obviously, we have some deadlines coming up this year. They're going to speak to our commitment to St. Louis. And, you know, I don't want to say it's one thing at a time. <laughs> you know, head coach, general manager, lease issues. You know, it makes for a full off season, I promise you. But, you know, we're excited to sit down with the city and hear what they have to say. Um, obviously, they have a deadline coming up that I think everybody's aware of. And, you know, we're, we want to begin the process. I get that, and I, I, I respect what you guys are doing, but I think the speculation comes from people wanting to hear from Stan and the fact that there hasn't really been any uh, public discussion as to the future of the Rams. Do you, do you understand that, that, that where that criticism comes from? You know, I certainly understand that, that people want to hear, you know, Stan say something affirmative. Uh, but I also went through the past two months when people said they wanted to hear anything from Stan on the coaching situation, and his silence said that, you know, he wasn't paying attention or he wasn't engaged or he wasn't involved, and that could be nothing could be further from the truth. And and when, you know, he when we have something and we have something positive, we'll, we'll be ready to announce it. But it, a lot of this goes on behind the scenes. A lot of it goes on and talks with the city and other people, and it's just not something you discuss publicly. It would be, I think, foolish from our perspective, and obviously you know, the city has a job to, to do as well. I think we all want to find a common solution. Everybody wants to make this work, and, but I, I do understand that people, you know, that they want to read in the paper what Stan has to say, but I, I think as the coaching search proved, reading what he has to say and you know, knowing what he's going to do are two very different things. There is no secret plan. There is no secret plan. Jeff Fisher's press conference yesterday. I say Jeff Fisher's press conference yesterday. What do you think of first? No. Uh, the Rams are moving. That's what I got <laughs> out of it. The Rams are going. Stan Kroenke was there. Uh, uh, yeah, stunned by that. I give him credit for that. Yeah, I, uh, I felt like I saw Joe Strauss tweeting it last night and obviously he enjoys stirring the pot although i really do think he feels this way but is well aware of what he's doing when he tweets some of these things but i agree with him and then i talked to producer joe yesterday afternoon and i was in a lunch meeting so i hadn't had a chance to watch the press conference in its entirety i heard a little bit of it on the radio got to go home watch the thing in its entirety and what i came away from the lead is crocky the lead is crocky and mm-hmm. when he was asked about the situation in St. Louis. And also Fisher's comments when he was asked about St. Louis. Stedman, go ahead and uh, play these sound bites, please. Well, I mean, I think this is all out there. I mean, the, uh, the chronology of what, what occurs with the lease is public knowledge. I don't think that for me to uh, comment on that process is, is particularly timely. I mean, the city or the authority has within their power i mean they have they're dealing with their their side of it and they present a a um, proposal to us by february one so there's a team in place that deals with all that so we'll see what we'll see how that process sorts itself out i mean it's a but a thing that takes place over time as i said earlier i started in st louis in one year from now about 
that'll be 20 years. So I've been around here a long time. Contrary to a lot of reports, I haven't taken a lot of jack out of the market. I think that's what's reported. I have put a lot of jack into the market. That's uh, Stan Crocky uh, in reference. I don't know what report he's referencing. I don't he, either. Who's, he could have been he heard he's someone say it on the radio and it got under his craw. Then uh, there was a follow-up question. I believe it was from, was it from, were you there, Doug? Yep. Was it from Jim Thomas? Uh-huh. Asking, are you going, he was talking about how Crocky had said he had been there for the last 20 years. Jim Thomas asked, do you plan on being here for 20 more? We'll see how the process works out. Bang. It's not, I don't expect him. There's this narrative, I would describe it, actually, along some who don't want to talk about this. As if, if you talk about it, you're helping them leave. Mm. Stan Kroenke can leave in three years. Period. It's not going to change. Nothing is going to change that. Nothing is going to change that. There is a process that will take place starting on February 1st, but nothing is going to make that building the top 25% stadium. 100-watt bulbs might help. It'll help. It'll get it to the top 75%, perhaps, maybe. building wouldn't be as green. But that can't change. What I am very curious about, and I saw somebody suggest this on stltoday.com, and if I had a journalistic bone in my body, I would dig into it. I'd like to know how this lease was constructed 23 years ago where the Rams have the ability, not 23, whatever the hell it was, to leave in 2014 if the stadium is not one of the top 25% in the league. But either way, that doesn't bother me about Kroenke. What I thought he could have done if he does have even the slightest intent of possibly staying here is say what the cat and I have been saying here for the last couple of weeks, which is... I can't say for certain, or whatever you'd want to say, but our goal is to work with the CBC and the city and the county and the state and try and keep this franchise in St. Louis as a lifelong or as a Missourian and a guy who's played a large role in St. Louis sports and the Rams over the last 20 years. I want to make this thing work. But it's going to be a process that we're going to handle behind closed doors and try and keep this team here. In the meantime, we're going to do everything we can to win football games. That's it. Didn't get that yesterday. The, the fact that he didn't say that, and I'm not a conspiracy guy. It's not a and conspiracy. I'm, and I'm not a guy out. that wants to try to find everything negative about a situation. But the fact that he didn't say something along those lines says something to me. Because with that as the backdrop, you're expecting. They know what's coming. They they know these questions are out there. Put something together to at least quell the fears of your fans to at least pacify those that think you're on mm-hmm. the move. I, you know, it's a great thing that they got Fisher. And again, I'm not a guy who always dwells on the negative. But you can't help but have the feeling that this just may be a temporary thing. We got Fisher. He's going to improve the, the, the team. They're going to play better. And they could be gone. The issue is I, I try to always go back to the root of things. What is the root of it? And the root of it is that the city, county, state, Whomever, as I said, I don't know. I just know what the lease is. Gave the Rams a ridiculous amount of money in a ridiculous situation and a monster loophole less than 20 years after they moved to the, the city. Lack of foresight. Because Approved. they didn't know that all these other stadiums would be popping up that would be state-of-the-art that would change the whole equation. I also thought this, and I don't know if you read Jim Thomas's article, because if you look at the headline, you go, well, I saw the press conference. I know what happened. And I almost didn't read Jim Thomas's article in the Post-Dispatch this morning. I would recommend reading it because there is a little more light shined on this situation. Tail end of the article. Although it didn't prove to be a deal-breaker, two league sources told the Post-Dispatch over the weekend of January 7th and 8th that Fisher came out of his January 5th meeting with Kroenke and Rams officials in Denver concerned about a possible move of the team to Los Angeles. Now, uh, we all know that based on Jim's report a couple of weeks ago. One of the reasons for Fisher's concern, one of those sources said, is that the Rams asked Fisher several questions about what the experience was like when the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee in 1997. Fisher was head coach of the Oilers at the time. Asked Tuesday about concerns over franchise relocation coming out of that interview in Denver. Fisher sidestepped the question like Titans quarterback Steve McNair alluded the Rams' pass rush in Super Bowl 34. Quote, you know, there were a lot of things that were discussed going forward. I'm not going to go into specific areas right now. That is Jeff Fisher yesterday also when asked about the future of the team in St. Louis. He said that the future of the team, I know that the future of this franchise right now at this moment is here in St. Louis. There is no deeper plan. There is no deeper plan. Jeff Fisher, new Rams head coach, will join us at 920. We have efforted uh, Kevin Demoff, the Rams COO, who will be appearing live on Fox 2 
about 2012. What's he talking about? I think he's talking about going to London for a game in October against the New England Patriots, which as an organization, we're very excited as well. We are announcing simultaneously with the NFL right now at 7.30 that we've agreed to play a game in London for 2012, 13, and 14. What about the St. Louis Rams fans who make the pilgrimage down to the Dome so many times per year? Does that mean over the next few years there will be one fewer home game? There will be one fewer home game, and we're not naive enough to think that people aren't going to be upset about that. Obviously, our fans, especially the first, we sent an email earlier today to all of our season ticket holders, and the first few responses I've gotten, I've been charter PSL holder, I've been to every game, you know, does this count if I don't go to London? And of mm -hmm. course, now you'd still have your streak intact, but... We will have tickets available to all season ticket holders who want to go to London. We're going to do road a trip. Road trip, a yes. great Euro trip. I would go. I and would go. That'd be bring, awesome. Bring, yeah, bring back the Concord. We're going to make a ton of packages available to fans for free as part of a lottery for season ticket holders. So there are going to be a lot of interesting things we can do to build around this announcement and help. But our goal is to make sure that we build a great team and a great franchise here in St. Louis. And we view this as a means to do that. In the short term, people, I know this weekend they're going to look at us like we're crazy and scratch, <laughs> and scratch their heads. But we look at this over the long term and what this can mean for our organization for the next 10 years, next 20 years, and we think it's a great thing. There's a pretty good vibe. It's feeling yeah. like it, yeah. The only negative thing, I understand you've been ordered to uh, grow a mustache. I have been ordered to grow a mustache, but, you know. Okay, I'm done. I can't handle this. That's why I got it effing business crap <laughs> uh anyway uh your thoughts i still i'm trying to figure out how this is a great thing for them to build their footprint in st louis doug I, I doug, doug understands. understand that doug does no, i think the rams are so darn popular that they should be shared with the world i mean you can't sell what twenty five thousand tickets to a game here now so you go to other countries and see if some of those people will make the pilgrimage here for for our home games. That's oh, what it's about. Okay. That's what it's about. So it's about bringing international visitors to this cosmopolitan yeah. metrop metropolis. I guess they think we're all just fools and gullible and we'll just buy anything they say. I guess that's what they think. There is no deeper plan. There is no deeper plan. Kevin Demoff, kind enough to join us here on the ITD Morning After. Can you honestly tell fans today that there are no plans right now to move the Rams? I can tell you 100% that our focus is on winning in St. Louis in 2012 and building a winner in St. Louis you know, for decades to come. We're not looking at anything except trying to build a winning franchise here. And... With the all record on the field, we've made it harder on ourselves to grow our franchise. I would be the first to tell you that. When you go 15 and 65 over the past five years, there aren't a lot of avenues to get people excited. But I would think with the addition of a Jeff Fisher, with what we plan to do with this team, with what should be a great coaching staff, we're starting to make strides to become relevant in, in the NFL. And if we can do that while still maintaining a, a cost competitiveness in St. Louis and really treating the fans well, I think people will start to see the larger plan over time. They're not going to see it today. I, I understand that we all get that. But the goal is to help them see it over time. And, and when we get this solved, which you know we are committed to trying to find a way to get the lease situation fixed, and, and we're excited about what the city is going to propose in February and where we can go, then, then we'll start to move forward. There is no deeper plan. There is no deeper plan. Jeff Fisher joining us right now. Coach, good morning. Welcome to St. Louis, sir. Well, thank you. Good morning to you guys, and it's great to be here. Unfortunately, from a fan standpoint, while there's so much excitement over you coming to town, there's a little fear hearing about the team having three home games, including your game against the Patriots on October 28th overseas in London. What are your thoughts on uh, playing three games over the next three seasons at Wembley Stadium, Coach? Well, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for this franchise, and I think the thing that, that everyone needs to realize and be careful to is, is not to connect the dots. This is this is an opportunity uh, to you know to have I mean international recognition for this franchise, and that's what it's about. I mean we're not you know that you know there's there's nothing connected to you know the potential future of this franchise. This is about going over there and playing ball games and taking advantage of an opportunity. So um, there's a lot of teams uh, I think that were on that list. 
and uh, didn't get an opportunity that I think would look forward to that opportunity going over there three consecutive years. So this is an opportunity for, for exposure. This is We're going to obviously put a good football team together and go over there and, and try to take advantage of that opportunity. There has been some fear uh, among the, the base of fans of the Rams uh, about relocation, and according to reports, relocation was a concern of yours uh, when you were discussing whether or not to take this job. Can you put your concerns in context exactly what the yeah, concerns yeah. were all about? No, I'd be happy to. You know, what you, well, I think the key thing you said is according to reports. Now, that was speculation. Now, when, as I went through the process, you know, of course it was discussed, but, but um, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I, I've seen that movie before, okay? I've been through that, and I was completely at ease when I, I finished speaking with Mr. Conkey about that, about, you know, the future of this franchise. I mean, he wants to stay here. You know, he's... You know, he's born and raised in this state, and and so we're going to do everything possible to do that. So that's not a concern of mine. I'm I'm, I'm addressing the immediate future right now and getting this team back to, to winning ways. And and uh, again, as we as I mentioned earlier, just a few minutes ago, I mean the the opportunity to take this team overseas to London is a fabulous opportunity for this franchise. Jeff, that's great to hear because to be honest with you, that's the first time anyone associated with the organization has laid out Stan's intention at least the commitment to stay here like that, I, we haven't heard it. Well, I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm just stating the obvious, you know. I mean, you know, this is a, this is a great, great sports town with tremendous fans, and, and um, you know, why not take, take as, as, as great advantage of it as you can? Can you understand the, the concerns of the fans, though? I mean, everybody wants to be excited right now about the team and the franchise going in a different direction, but it seems like the only thing anybody's talking about is, oh, they're moving. Well, you know what? Um, I, I can appreciate that, but uh, all I can speak from is my personal experience and my opinion, and I'm not concerned. Uh, what I'm concerned about is, you know, is the immediate future here and is getting this team back on, on a winning track. There is no deeper plan. There is no deeper plan. We now flash forward to June 2012. Joining us right now on 590 The Fan KFNS from the St. Louis Rams, Kevin Demoff. Good morning, Kevin. Morning, guys. Reading an interview from a chat that you did, uh, and I'm reading it on uh, Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio's website. You was, you expressed uh, surprise, I guess. The exact quote was, "I'm amazed that we are uh, years removed from even having a lease that goes year to year. Yet there is more angst in St. Louis than there is currently in San Diego or Oakland, where the lease issues are more pressing." And I don't think you would say that if you didn't really believe it. Uh, although it does definitely help the Rams public image locally um but could you expound upon that statement that you're surprised by the angst yeah and i think it was somewhat spliced from the complete answer i think the strangest part about this lease issue is that st louis has been through it before in many ways i equate it to the children of divorce most cities that go through lease issues they always get resolved in a positive manner uh somehow some way it works out st louis is one of the cases where it didn't work out with the football cardinal and so i think in the back of our fans' minds, that's always there. The team can leave. My point was, and I still believe this, we're three years, three seasons removed from being able to go year to year. Should it even get to that point? Uh, that's a very far time away. And you have cities, San Diego, Minnesota, where they were year to year. Minnesota's lease was up within three days when their stadium situation came to a head. Oakland is year to year. And you don't read and see you know, the fear and the angst of the people in those markets about their teams because they don't expect their team to leave. Even Oakland has had a team left. You don't really read it. And I think it's more the circumstances of how the football Cardinals left that left a bad taste in people's mouth that makes them more worried here and has raised the fear bar more than it would in another city, if that makes sense. There is no deeper plan. There is no deeper plan. We now flash forward to August 2013. Now, any time you appear on this show, we ask about the uniforms. I thought that was our own little cute thing, but it yeah. turns out that you get asked about the uniforms, it sounds like, on a daily basis multiple times. And so you, uh, you addressed it last week in the Post-Dispatch that there are plans, uh, at least considerations at the very least, I don't want to put words in your mouth, to uh, change up the uniforms. Doug is horrified by the league policy that will make it take a few years in order to get it there. <laughs> yeah. I think the article in the Post-Dispatch, maybe the, the headline writer is also someone who wants to see the uniform change, because I think the, head, the headline change said, Ram uniform change likely, which is not what we said. I, I think as we look at this over the next 
five to seven years, there's a lot of interest in our uniforms. I don't think there's anything truly distinctive about our current uniform. Rams have a great 75-plus year tradition in the NFL, an iconic uniform with the horns. So I do think over the next five to seven years, five to, you know, sometime from like that, that, you know, a uniform redesign is in the cards, a complete one. It's not going to happen anytime soon for throwbacks. Uh, we would have had to make our minds up by this January to do it for the 15th season, which we're not going to do. Uh, so I wouldn't expect any changes. I think the earliest you would do would be 2017, 2018. Uh, why so, why really... so long? Why so long to get that well, done? Part of it is, you know, we're not at the point yet where I think it takes, you know, the NFL process is about two to three years to really study, look, get in production, to vet. <laughs> And do all that, and you know, even even that long. though, Kent. Why does it take two or three years to study a uniform? Well, I think it, you know when you look at it in terms of the changes, what people want to do. I think part of it is to make sure that people every two years aren't changing uniforms. That there's a real commitment to looking at it. You know, I think this is something the league has looked at. They don't want teams. I don't think they're looking for the college look where every three years you have right. You know, some some crazy uniform change and people are just doing to sell jerseys and also it's harder to get you know if you have the ability to change uniforms quickly it's harder to get people to stock them and inventory and get something to hold and study them so i have no problem with the time frame and to be honest it really matches up with ours which is we're not looking to make a uniform change imminently uh, i think we'd like to do it you know in the near future maybe change the throwbacks first and play with those yeah, I can understand how they wouldn't want teams changing to look like uh, what the Missouri Tigers have got going right now. It just seems like you could look at that in five seconds and say, nope, you can't do that, rather than needing two years to study it. It just, and it just for, seems like you could, it could be streamlined a little bit. There is no secret plan. There is no secret plan. We now flash forward to December 2013. Early talk about a new stadium, anything at all? We, have, we haven't heard anything at all about it in the last few months. No, I, I think it's been quiet, and once you get in the season, it's probably something that's not a focus for, for either civic leaders or ourselves. When we get back out of the season, I think it'll become something that becomes a topic again. But let's face it, these are things that are deadline-driven. We're still in the very early stages. Everybody's going to be, I think, a little bit worried because it's the first time it goes year-to-year. Year. I'm sure that's the impression people will get. I think people forget a team like San Diego, I think, is in year nine or going year-to-year. Year. Oakland is in year Three have gone year-to-year. Minnesota went year-to-year for a couple of years. Buffalo at least uh, went year-to-year and actually expired before they re-upped. So this is not an unusual situation in the NFL. The real deadline won't start to come until March of 2015. You know, we're excited about next year's home schedule. We've got Denver coming in. We've got Dallas coming in. Uh, hopefully, you know, the division games that have been exciting, the division's a compelling you know, reason. But if we continue to build this team, build the excitement, then, you know, I look at it as next year will have a chance to be a great year. We'll build momentum and, and hopefully go into the deadline talks with some momentum behind us. There is no deeper plan. There is no deeper plan. We now flash forward to February 2014. When you're out speaking to groups, ticket holders, you know, doing your outreach, even though you guys are doing a lot of the right things, how much does that, the future of the team, you know, what's going to happen with the Dome, how much does that dominate the questioning when you're talking with folks? You know, quite honestly, it, it's usually one of the first questions that comes up. Uh, people want to know. We, we tell them everything that's going on. That these things take a long time, that we're in the very early stages. And, you know, we think that, you know, it's going to be quiet for a while. And ultimately that, you know, we'll get to work and try to find a solution. And then the next question becomes, are we taking, you know, Jadavon Clowney or are we trading the pick? There is no deeper plan. There is no deeper plan. We now flash forward to October 2014. Kevin, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. As you know, Rams fans are in a panic based on these reports, whether it be on NBC Sports, Kevin, whether it be from Jason LaConfora of CBS, whether it be the recent news uh, that Mayor Eric Garcetti in uh, Los Angeles says that it's, quote, highly likely that the NFL will come to the city in the next year. All of these things combine to put St. Louis Rams fans in a panic that their team is going to move. What would you say to the fans of St. Louis that things will be okay? Well, I would. the first thing I would say is everything that you see is rumor and innuendo, and it starts with the national media and unnamed sources and, and talking about that. And, you know, I think the key thing to remember is what's most important in the national media is to get the L.A. story and to try to break that. Nobody in the national media is excited about talking about whether a team's going to stay in St. Louis or the progress being made in that front. And so the first place they run is to L.A. for 
for those comments. And I think that that stirs up a lot of emotion and fear locally. And I think that's what it's designed to do, quite honestly, from, from both L.A. and from the national media. I, I think the one key thing to remember is that none of that is coming from us. We've never said anything of the like. I know people will be frustrated that we haven't said a lot about the situation, but I think we've always said that we're in a year-to-year situation. There's a lot of work to be done uh, to make progress, but it's something that we've always looked at is there's plenty of time. The deadline is March 31st of 2015. I think when you see the reports about Los Angeles, you see a lot of differing reports about teams and potential candidates, and none of them are focused on us. I think it's just based on the league initiative in general. Point blank, will the Rams be playing their home games in St. Louis in 2015? I certainly hope so. And I, I think the, you know, I, I've always been optimistic and, and hopeful. As we've always said from the beginning of this, and Sam, you and I have talked about this for over a year, there are no promises beyond this year. The lease is year to year. It expires March 31st, 2015. But the Edward Jones film doesn't actually implode March 31st, 2015. And, look, there have been many teams that have been in a year-to-year situation. The Chargers have been there for almost 10 years. The Raiders have been there. The Vikings have been there. The Buffalo Bills have been there. We're not the first team ever to be in year-to-year. The Vikings actually had their lease expire for a couple of days before their new stadium was agreed to. So I think, you know, given the history of stadiums in St. Louis and given that St. Louis has lost the team, I think there's a much greater sensitivity to this issue than you may have seen from other markets, and probably rightfully so, given the history. But I think, you know, our focus is on how do we improve the fan experience, how to put a great product on the field, and how does all of that help us move forward locally moving forward. Kevin, have you or any representatives of the Rams had discussions with any other city or cities regarding playing your home games there in 2015? No, I think we would keep any conversations we've had you know, confidential, but I think our viewpoint is you know, we will see where we're at at the end of the year. You know, there is no active discussion going on. <laughs> there is no done deal that's been said. You know, there is no secret plan. I think the focus is on getting this year and see where we are and where we're at. And I think there have been, you know, quite to the contrary, there have been a number of other teams that have had very public discussions. There is no secret plan. There is no secret plan. We now flash forward to November 2014. Uh, As I write, on October 10th, uh, Rams COO Kevin Demoff joined us on the Edmonds McKernan MO Show. And when I asked him if he or anyone associated with the Rams has had conversations with anyone from another city regarding relocating the Rams, he said there were, quote, no active discussions going on. There is no done deal has been said. There is no secret plan. End quote. Now, Tuesday night, Election Day, Mayor James Butts of Inglewood, California, was celebrating. And if you read that story, the entire story, you get the sense that James Butts is... I don't know. I don't know how to. Comp- I don't know what the analogy would be, but not only did he know he was going to win, he wanted to make. He was the Dr. Tom Osborne, Bobby Bowden of running up the score on his opponent, and he wanted to see if he could get to ninety percent and win. So this guy might be a little flamboyant. Mm-hmm. So he gets up on the podium in his acceptance speech, and he's all fired up, and he makes a reference to how people used to uh, laugh at Inglewood, California. And uh, and he says, we have billionaires shaking in their boots because we're taking their lunch money now. And then he says, I will meet with the owner of the Rams tomorrow, to which that announcement prompted a round of cheers and high fives. That was on the Inglewood News website, inglewoodtoday.com. Now, once again, this went up on Wednesday, the day after Election Day. Someone on Rams Talk on stltoday.com posted it. It had a couple of responses. I'm just browsing the Internet on uh, Friday night. I see it. I then read the story, and I tweet out the link. Doug sees that. He writes a column on kmov.com, just a couple-paragraph blurb, because kmov.com is obviously a well-known website. That is picked up at that point by Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, huge national website, global website. In between that time and yesterday, the line regarding Mayor Butt saying, quote, I will meet with the owner of the Rams tomorrow has been deleted from the story. It's a fact. You can see the screenshots. The way the story initially ran was 
Today we have billionaires shaking in their boots because we're taking their lunch money. I will meet with the owner of the Rams tomorrow, end quote. That announcement prompted a round of cheers and high fives. The story that currently is up on EnglewoodToday.com is, Today we have billionaires shaking in their boots because we're taking their lunch money, end quote. That announcement prompted a round of cheers and high fives. It's a fact. As to why that line was deleted, I can't answer it. I just know that it was deleted. Jason LaConfora did catch up with Mayor Butts only via email. Butts refused to do a phone call. And LaConfora quotes him as saying, Butts reached via email this weekend, declined to confirm whether that meeting with Kroenke took place, but wrote that he has discussed possible relocation with three NFL owners over the past three years. Butts declined a request for a telephone interview at this point, stating there is nothing to talk about until 24 of the 32 owners decide to allow a franchise to move. Butts also declined to speak to any specifics regarding his dealings with Kroenke. Quote, I would not disclose any details regarding our discussions regarding the NFL, he wrote, end quote. Of course, he did just that when he was all excited the night he won his re-election. Just a few days later, the mayor won't talk, and the EnglewoodToday.com's website story deleted the most important line from the entire story. It's a fact. All of that is a fact, and you can see the evidence on InsideSTL.com. There is no secret plan. There is no secret plan. We now flash forward to April 2015. You were on with uh, me uh, in October, uh, and a uh, line that became rather uh, infamous. Kevin, have you or any representatives of the Rams had discussions with any other city or cities regarding playing your home games there in 2015? I think we would keep any conversations we've had you know, confidential, but I think our viewpoint is, you know, we will see where we're at at the end of the year. You know, there is no active discussion going on. I mean, there is no done deal that's been said. You know, there is no secret plan. Uh, that was uh, the interview conducted in early October of 2014. And some fans, Kevin and I, wonder how that statement could be accurate when it was said on October 10th, and then we see the major Hollywood Park detailed announcements less than three months later. Well, I think the statement was exactly accurate. Now, whether it held up over time in terms of what transpired between then and January when the Hollywood Park plan was announced, but I think very clearly, if you listen to the conversations, that all conversations we have would be confidential. That implies there were plenty of conversations. Then it was pretty accurately said that there were no active discussions at the time because there were no active discussions at the time with any other parties. Uh, The land was owned by Stan Kroenke and you know, I don't want to say that that's splitting hairs. I don't want to be Bill Clinton and saying, you know, what's the definition of is. You know, I think in hindsight, best choice of words, not to use something that said the word like active, because quite frankly, that put a timeline intent that people can say, how long did that stay? When did you first talk to the mayor of Englewood? Any of those questions. You know, the goal was not to mislead. I think if you listen to any of my statements over time, we've always said we're going to leave all of our options open. There were no promises, and I don't think we've ever try to lead people to believe that you know this always could have a positive outcome. There is no secret plan. There is no secret plan. We now flash forward to January 2016. This is a class action lawsuit. Good that has been filed against the St. Louis Rams. Uh, St. Louis Rams are so mad at owner Stan Kroenke for moving the team to Los Angeles that they are suing the football team. The suit was filed in St. Louis Circuit Court Wednesday, alleging the Rams violated Missouri's merchandising practices by making false statements in connection with the sale of tickets and Goods. The suit said anyone who bought a Rams ticket or merchandise from 2010 to 2015 suffered damages. It also said the Rams violated the Merchandising Practices Act because, quote, in marketing and selling the subject tickets and merchandise and concessions to name plaintiffs and class plaintiffs, defendants engaged in deception and that they conveyed information to named plaintiff and class plaintiffs regarding the future location of the Rams that had the tendency or capacity to mislead or deceive uh doug and i'm uh, pleased to say our show is in this lawsuit really yeah. they're suing us for vileness you, know, you would oh, think that no. that might be it but actually um some of the interviews uh on this show and or this radio station uh were used in the uh lawsuit there is no secret plan there is no secret plan this morning i read from the los angeles times question how did you first become interested in the hollywood park site Cronky in the summer of 2013 I really started looking hard. I knew the general lay of the land in Inglewood. To me, there was one obvious place, and it had been approved previously by the NFL, Hollywood Park. 
I didn't know if it would be put together or not, but I started looking. I was driving around at 5.30 a.m. That's what real estate developers do. Question, why were you up so early? That's the best time because the traffic isn't out, so you can get around quickly. I started looking at different sites to make sure I had them in my head. What do they look like? What could be done? How does the long term look for the areas? And when you drive up to Hollywood Park, it's a great site. Question, Kevin, do you remember getting that early morning call from Stan? There are moments in your life you never forget. I was standing by the window in my office in St. Louis and Stan called. I remember he said, this is an unbelievable site. If you could, once again, that is from 2013. Play the audio from October 2014. Kevin, have you or any representatives of the Rams had discussions with any other city or cities regarding playing your home games there in 2015? I think we would keep any conversations we've had you know, confidential, but I think our viewpoint is you know, we will see where we're at at the end of the year. You know, there is no active discussion going on. I mean, there is no done deal that's been said. You know, there is no secret plan. 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 Rick Venturi is with us here on the Appliance Discounter phone lines. I, I actually saw an inevitability here. I, um, of course, I have background. I, you know, I was a part of the India, the Baltimore to Indianapolis move. I was in Cleveland uh, when they moved to Baltimore. And believe it or not, in 2005, the New Orleans Saints were one dotted I and a cross T away from being the San Antonio Saints. So I've kind of lived that, and particularly with my Cleveland experience, and I remember saying it on the air that, you know, you better get out in front of this thing because if you don't think you can lose your team, if the Cleveland Browns can go, particularly when they went, when we were very good, when we were flourishing, when attendance was huge, anybody can lose a team. And I remember I, I had to look up what Chicken Little meant because I was referred to that at times um, about four or five years ago, and unfortunately I was prophetic. I feel like, and I say this really sincerely, unfortunately, the media here locally was complicit in this. Well, I, I believe that too. You know, I, I believe several things. I, I believe there was an inevitability, first of all, in the fact that somebody was going to go to L.A. And, you know, I think there was a misreading of the tea leaves, uh, you know, by the powers of St. Louis. And in that sense, the media it was, I think, complicit, not maliciously by any way, but I think they were homers in a sense, provincial in a sense, to, you know, believe that one, Cronky was a Missouri man more than a businessman. Uh, the crack was there, you know, the, the, the lease, the elephant in the room, the, the top-tier lease thing was there. The stadium has gone downhill. There's no question about it. You can't stay up with it. The team was awful. you got to understand that the NFL is all about revenue and revenue sharing. Uh, Roger Goodell, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I think the local media actually gave credibility to him. Uh, you know, and actually, if, if, you, if you look at him, he works for the owners and the owner's benefits. And the owner, and the owner benefit really is, is financial, and that's what the – L.A. market uh, proved to be, and I don't, I don't think anybody meant it, but I think had the media actually recognized the tea leaves better, perhaps, particularly some of the you know stronger sounding guys in town, could have shot a much stronger warning shot. You know, really something that may have really woke up people earlier. I just, I feel so bad for the people who have supported that thing because. I, I don't think on the outside world, I know I talked about it here locally yesterday, I don't think people realize how good that fan base has been despite that disaster there. Right. Wait till the Rams get a hold of this program. I mean, in, in yeah. Los Angeles, wait till, wait till they see this operation from top to bottom. <laughs> yeah, wait, no, seriously, from top oh, to bottom, from, from drafting to coaching to playing, wait till they get a load of this. They may go right back out to Malibu. They may go right to Malibu. There is no secret plan. There is no secret plan. We now flash forward to March 2016. Uh, Kevin Demoff. Doug, uh, you remember him, Rams COO? I do. That's your guy. He's not really my guy, no. He spoke at his alma mater in Los Angeles, uh, Harvard-Westlake High School, and did his presentation of what he uh, gave the owners on January 12th in Houston to his uh, fellow uh, Harvard-Westlake grads. Uh, and uh, that was put up online, and we have some of the sound, which will make you, uh, I would imagine, a bigger fan? Probably not. I was thought the word you were going to say is vomit. Uh, take a listen. 
All right, hit the lever plows, eh? All of a sudden, you know, things were coming upon us pretty quickly. A relocation application was due the first week in January. Uh, either thankfully or not thankfully, we went on a four-game losing streak in the middle of November. Hold on a second so there. We went from being... And if we can, we can replay that because I could have sworn the COO of the franchise and the uh, what, executive vice president of player personnel, if I'm not mistaken. Also. I uh, so. Let me, let me hear it again because I could have sworn he said, thankfully or unthankfully, we went on a four-game losing streak. That wouldn't seem to be... Wouldn't integrity. seem to be in the spirit me, of what the league is about. No. I may have misheard it, so let's take a... All right, I'll leave her again. Either Plowsy. thankfully or not thankfully, we went on a four-game losing streak. Perfect. The... Yeah. That's unbelievable. So they were kind of happy that they lost. To say that, to be so dumb. That's the thing that's to so say that. brazen is phenomenal. With Crocky, with Stan himself, don't get me wrong, I understand. He's public enemy number one in the St. Louis metropolitan area. But... To his credit, he didn't say anything. So nothing can be used against him. But Kevin Demoff, and I still don't understand, I do not for the life of me understand why he went around and did the interviews that he did and said the things that were absolutely false and now is contradicting himself on those statements here after the fact, such as when I interviewed him in October of 2014 and asked him if there were any plans to move for the next season. And granted, the out can be, well, you said next season. But he said there is no secret plan. And then in this presentation at Harvard-Westlake, his alma mater in Los Angeles, he acknowledges what was in the Los Angeles Times. Stan Kroenke and Kevin Demoff said it themselves, where they were when Stan was driving around Hollywood Park in the summer of 2013, where they picked out the land, Hollywood Park. It contradicts it. So... There you have the head of the franchise saying, thankfully or unthankfully, we were on a four-game losing streak. I mean, that's mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievable. He's not quite as smart as he thinks he is. And also with Kevin Demoff, when you go back to the regime of, of Spags and Devaney... That was Doug's favorite regime. Right. Yeah. But the, the three people in charge there were Spags, Devaney, and Demoff, and who got fired. That reminds you like Lombardi back in... It doesn't remind me of that at all. Right, but the only reason, we all know, let's be honest, the only reason Kevin Demoff stayed on was his father's Marvin Demoff, the agent for Jeff Fisher, who they hired next. That's the only, like, everybody from that terrible five years of the 15 and 65, all of the power players were gone. Devaney and Spags, Demoff stayed. Again, the reason his father represented Jeff Fisher, that's who Stan wanted, that's who they wanted for the eventual head coach. Mm -hmm. And he shouldn't have been here. There is no deeper plan. There is no deeper plan. We now flash forward to December 2016. But we have so much to get to because we just got this audio from Jeff Fisher, uh, ESPN Radio, in Los Angeles, and he was on with Keyshawn Johnson. You know... I was very fortunate. I took a year off in 11, and I was very fortunate to have some options. And, um, you know, I I decided on L.A. or St. Louis at the time, knowing that there was going to be a pending move. Pending is an important word in there. For as much as I would love for it to be, I knew there was a move. But at the same time, the steamer did sit up there at the Jeff Fisher press conference, and when asked about it, um, you know, I mean, it was, I remember it was like, it was like JFK when he was inaugurated. It was so inspiring. He said, I put a lot of Jack in this community. And then he went, <laughs> <laughs> he said after he took his year off, he was fortunate because he had options and he chose LA St. Louis knowing there was a pending move. I mean, it was clear he took the job knowing he was going to be coaching in Los Angeles. At least that's my perspective on what he said. Did you get that? He took the job knowing they were the L.A. Rams. Yeah, that, yeah, that's how I would interpret that. I have to doubt. say, I agree with you. I, I do. I had I, options. I, I chose L.A., St. Louis, knowing the there was a pending move. Yeah, and I remember when he was hired, one of the things that was cited, and since he was hired, there, there was talk that in that interview, he was asked about how he handled moving the Houston Oilers to initially Memphis and then Nashville. They were always going to go to Nashville. They played in Memphis temporarily. And how that was considered one of the criteria for the hire, by the way, Marvin Demoff's agent. And I just thought, God, I mean, really, is it that big of a deal? 
But I guess that was part of the deal, that we like this guy in part because he's moved a team before and he knows what it's like. So that's the thing, and that's why people just let it go. There was a wrong committed here, and it's something that, for the most part, it's limited to people in St. Louis being aware of, and St. Louisans' frustration is the rest of the country is painting St. Louis as the reason why they justifiably left, when in reality, it was something that was in the making for years. And they put a terrible product on the, on the field, the owner didn't speak, and it was all part of a process that had begun years ago. But yet, St. Louis right now, when people say, well, what about maybe this team moving there, St. Louis getting expansion? Well, they lost two NFL teams. And that's what frustrates me, because it gets blamed on St. Louis. That pisses me off. When in reality, and again, as I, I said throughout the process, I've said a number of times since, I don't blame Stan Kroenke for taking advantage of a terribly constructed and agreed upon lease that allowed him to move the team and increase the value of the franchise. What does infuriate me about the way that Kroenke and whatever the hell Demoff was doing is that they then crapped on the city of St. Louis and the fans and the future of St. Louis on their way out the door. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM, and com. We're pleased now to be joined by Tim McKernan. Tim, what's up? What's up, Buck Swope? It's an honor to be on your program. I think let's start with Demoff and Kroenke. I think what bothers me the most, as far as Demoff goes, is the way that he went out of his way to compare St. Louis to the children of a divorce oh, we understand that you guys have been traumatized by the Cardinals move, you know, so we we understand there's some skepticism. And, you know, they knew more than likely what was going to happen. And I just just to say stuff like that and or to I don't understand why there's all this angst over this. We're still three years away from being year to year to just act like he could just say those things with, with impunity. Yeah. Listening back to the audio was an infuriating experience. I, I, I suppose I, I knew all that had been said, but to hear it again and to hear the context of much of what was said was just really disgusting. I get why Stan Kroenke did what he did. I still don't know what the hell Demoff was doing. I realize Demoff, because we heard his words and saw his face as he spoke these words in many cases, is really, I think, actually a a bigger target for the hardcore sports fan in St. Louis uh, than Kroenke. I feel like you hear his name more at this moment in uh, 2017 than Kroenke, actually. I don't know what the point of it was. I really don't. It's one of those things. It's like, okay, when the cards get turned over, I'll understand why things were done the way they were, such as why didn't Kroenke talk? The late Joe Strauss, we would talk about this also. And I'd say, I just don't get why they don't say anything. He goes, my understanding is they don't say anything because there really is no interest in staying here. So that makes sense. Okay, I get it. But then what in the hell was Demoff doing? Why? What's the word? I can't. I got I to gotta abide by FCC regulations. Why crap on St. Louis on your way out the door? Like, what was the point of that? And on top of it, you're exaggerating things and or just making things up. It, it just and I just I don't get what that was about. But there is pending litigation. And in that pending litigation, many of the things that Kevin Demoff and Stan Kroenke, but more so Demoff, said are being used against him. The only explanation, I suppose, is he's trying to sell as many tickets as possible. And I I understand that thought process. I just don't believe that it was it. And I realize fans are understandably pissed at Demoff, and I'm by no means absolving Demoff. But unless you believe that Demoff was just going rogue and Kroenke... They had no idea what was going on. This was something that was, you know, orchestrated and or approved by Stan Kroenke. So, right. uh, you know, Demoff gets a lot of the focus is because Kroenke didn't talk. But, you know, that, that this was this was the actions of, of Stan Kroenke. I just don't get why Kevin Demoff was doing it. I have no idea what the point of that was. And I hope someday we find out why. I mean, clearly... Kroenke has blinders when it comes to Demoff in general. I think he views him as either a son or a nephew or as just they have a trust level there. And so I do think Demoff kind of has unchecked power within the organization up to a point. I mean, I'm sure there's things Demoff does where they're like, "Okay, Kevin, you can't do that. But 
I think it was to some degree they wanted to basically milk the market for all they could in the lame duck years. But I think more than that, it was Kevin's, I don't want to say ego because I think that's oversimplifying it, but Kevin had this, I need to kind of to justify his, his existence, I guess. And also on some level, after the fact to be able to say, oh, you think you've had a tough job? Try selling season tickets in a lame duck city. You know, it was almost like the sport of it. I'm smarter than everyone else. And I'm so good at this that I can spin this into, you know, we can maintain season ticket renewals even when people know we're leaving. I mean, Kroenke himself did come out at the Jeff Fisher press conference and kind of make an ass of himself. And then I think they quickly realized, hey, let's not do that. Somebody, or maybe he realized it himself, told him, let's not do that anymore. And that was the last time you saw him. But he also did say, you know, I've been, I've had ties here for 19 years. So, you know, just to very casually hint that he had loyalty to St. Louis, which he absolutely didn't. There is a lot of discussion amongst the cat, Doug, and myself in reacting to sound that we hear and or you hear us interviewing Kevin multiple times on our show. I have to say, because there's plenty of times I'll listen to our show if it pops up, uh, like, for example, your, your 2011 and just how wrong I was, we were, whomever was, whatever, at times during the season. You know, it's very results-oriented. And hindsight's uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, but, but on this one, which to me is a hell of a lot more important than analyzing a baseball season, uh, because of its economic impact on a region, we were on this. You know, you also hear uh, Rick Venturi say the media was complicit in this. The, the media was in St. Louis complicit, and I recall, and it's a weird thing, but but I had to listen to the audio you put together for it to come back to me that we used to catch all kinds of hell for discussing the possibility of the Rams moving. Right. And that is because, which is, which is, which is now, and this wasn't like 10 years ago, this is two years ago, which, which in hindsight, you, you go, you got to be effing kidding me. Why is this false sense of security? It's, it's a lesson that I really like. I hate that it took the Rams leaving for the lesson to be learned, so to speak, but that Ray Hartman was right on from the beginning. When we would have him on, I would see so many texts from people saying, I'm turning this off, or why do you have this liberal POS on? This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Why do you have him on? You can apply it to whatever political discussion you want. You had people dismissing he who was right simply because of his politics, which had nothing to do with the story. And also, as you would point out over and over again on our show or on Donnie Brook, he was a Ram season ticket holder. But because he was saying things that weren't popular, his message was cast aside. I was surprised to hear that we were one of the only shows talking about it. I specifically remember saying, what bigger story is there right now than the possibility of an NFL franchise leaving this market for the second time in 30 years and the crap going on behind the scenes in order to make it happen? And, and then you also had an owner who wouldn't talk, and when he would talk, he would make non-committal statements. And then you've got, you know, a couple of years after the fact, a guy talking about how it's going to be great that the team's playing games in London, and then he goes on the local news and they ask him about his mustache. And yeah. you go, this is just this is this is nauseating. I remember playing that that morning, and my reaction was, let's get out of it. I can't stand it because because we're being screwed here. But the people who are in charge of being the gatekeepers are <laughs> blatantly completely unaware. It's infuriating. It's infuriating so many different levels. In the 21st century, people choose their reality and they flock to the media that reinforces that reality. And if anyone says something that conflicts with that, there are people that are propping up that reality that are going to give their people a reason to discount those voices of dissent. You can just pick your topic. I'm not even going to mention them, but you just think going back 15 years and you see it, not just one political party, it's all political parties. It's all forms of media. It just is people flock to things that reinforce their worldview. And when someone seriously threatens that worldview, they are marginalized. And there's a lot of people that have a vested interest in marginalizing those voices. So this is just kind of par for the course with the media in the 21st century. Pick your uh, major topic. Anything else you want to you want to get into or, or mention while I've still got you on the air? No, I mean, I, 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 what you have done in assembling this audio, 
I mean, it is so damning, and it's the kind of audio I really wish. I realize around the country it doesn't have the same amount of interest that it does in St. Louis, but even without knowing how the book ends, and I don't believe that the final chapters have been written yet, the audio that you assembled and put back to back, and, and their own words, is so damning to what transpired here and to how much of a con it was. So uh, credit to you for putting it together. And uh, I hope that uh, this particular edition of Swokes Picks gets more attention than others because there's so much in there. I appreciate that. I do think with the Rams becoming such a disaster in L.A., it became more of a national story. Uh, More people started paying attention to it. And I think there's more of an edge there uh, because now it's a big market team just flailing around. Before, it was a small market team that nobody cares about unless they're good just flailing around. It's just not not really a story. It's not going to be like a dominant story, but I do think the story will get out there eventually to audiences that are willing to take 60 minutes and listen to this much audio and uh, and really soak it all in. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to that happening, sir. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM, and com. Liberty Mutual Insurance presents An Opportunity to Save. Starring Brother Kevin Abair. Ah, hello, Brother Abair. Your Liberty Mutual Insurance representative, Brother Abair, lives and works in your community. Giving back to the community. Giving back to the community. Brother Abair, it, it just dawns on me that uh, you seem like a, a very intelligent guy. Very intelligent guy. Very intelligent guy. Brother Kevin Abair, very intelligent guy, will get you the best price on the right coverage. I'm not bragging, I'm just stating facts. See how much you could save on your auto and home insurance. Oh, I had to do the research. That's a puppy. Call Brother Kevin Bear at Liberty Mutual, 314-520-0386. Yeah, brother. Once again, that's Brother Kevin Bear at Liberty Mutual, 314-520-0386. Brother Abair, thank you. God bless you, sir. Good night, everybody. Swope here, reminding you that all episodes of Swope's Picks are available for download at InsideSTL.com. You can also find Swope's Picks on iTunes in the comedy section under S for Swope. The old master painter. Brian's paint with 12 years of experience can handle all of your painting needs. My stepdad and I used to paint each other's chest. The old master painter. Brian's paint. Custom painting, murals, and faux finishing, plus deck refinishing and power washing. The old master painter. Brian's paint. You match your paint colors exactly. It was pink, pink, pink. The old master painter. Brian's paint. Having an art degree. Nice humble brag. Brian is able to offer color assistance and bring you the highest quality work. The old master <laughs> painter from the faraway hill. La, 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 la. Online at brianspaint.com. Support the sponsors. Hot Shots, Hot Shots. Hot Shots Sports Bar and Grill is where real St. Louis fans watch our teams. Hello, St. Louis! With 11 area locations, there's always a Hot Shots nearby to cheer on St. Louis teams while engaging in fellowship with other real St. Louis sports fans. A cat shared chicken wings with a stranger at Hot Shots in South County. Woo! Hot Shots has been serving real St. Louis sports fans for over 25 years and is a proud partner of real St. Louis sports teams, including the Blues, the Cardinals, Mizzou, and STL. LFC. Check them out online at hotshotsnet.com. I need more cheers and more beers. Once again, I'd like to thank Tim McKernan for joining us. Special thanks to our sponsors, Brother Kevin Abair with Liberty Mutual, Hot Shots Sports Bar and Grill, and Brian's Paint. Support the sponsors that support Swope. Oh, get on with it, muff. Get on with it, muff. Oh, get on with it, muff. You've been listening to Swope's Picks. Enjoy the mashup. You're in the mood for bottoming. You're in the mood for bottoming. You're in the mood for bottoming. Maybe some drugs. Cocaine. Cocaine. She did come out and dump about two gallons of chocolate sauce on her body that had no clothes on. Yeah, I think sodomy's hotter. You're in the mood for bottoming. A strap device. Tool belt for daddy. I went to put it in the man dip and they were like, no, 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 no not, not for, for you. you. Yeah. I call it a hide a poop. They had boy shorts and they had very colourful tank tops on. Huh. If you want this if is you really want, developing. You want them in jorts and a my little pony shirt? Okay. Well hey. A little tweaking. Hey, let's have a buttery nipple. Whose nipple was it? I lactate. T R A N S E X U A L transsexual. Put it in her bra ear, in her bra, you know, and on her boob and I did some topless work. Hey guy, would you like a buttery nipple? 
You're in the mood for bottoming. Give me the hairy guy. Ex-Marine Butch Top Man. Lube up a little bit. I don't need the lube. There's all kind of uh, disgusting uh, matter in the in the holes. What could possibly be in the hole? Mm. And we're talking about showering with Roman Polak. Hey, you want to go get scrubbed by some big hairy Turkish man? And you're like, I guess we have to. You're in the mood for bottoming. Doctor's pulling his pants up and yours are still down. Again? Wow. <laughs> Doug, Doug's, just so you know, Doug's panties are off right now. Yep. Uh, we can all stand inside with our pants down and play with our junk. Sometimes with my index finger, I kind of get an area. Digital play. They're just friends. Do they, do they think just some old guy's going to come by with his checkbook and say, here you go. Oh, here's the credit card, sure. Panty dropper. Those Super. are words to live by in a gentleman's club. Here's my credit card, sure. <laughs> You're in the mood for bottoming. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 to your mama. That's what you went along with it. Well, I did. I was horny. What the hell? <laughs>